Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. Well, this weekend it's Formula One's first Eiffel Grand Prix. We're back at the Nürburgring. Formula One is back for the first time since 2013. And today on Thursday it was the pre-event media day. I'm here with Luke Smith, Autosport's F1 reporter. And uh, we've been getting rather cold and wet because we've just run the Nürburgring track, having done all our work for the day. And it is deeply unpleasant out there and the thing is is not only is, is the wet weather here to stay it's going to get even colder Luke I think it might be just barely out of uh, out of freezing I think it's been very low temperatures on Sunday so um so yeah you're looking forward to the rest of the weekend uh, I am actually yeah even though it is uh, a bit miserable and wet out there as you say uh yeah very uh I think mildly moist was the way they used to call it on top gear so I think that that probably applies quite nicely today uh but yeah it should be a really interesting weekend I think because you said like the temperatures are really really cold everyone's going to have that issue we always sort of talk about tires and this sort of temperature window that they've got to get into but again like it's gonna be so brutally cold that it's gonna be difficult to get anywhere near the right window and uh, Roman Grosjean he said today that he thinks it's gonna be like really great for the show so uh, I mean hopefully we can have another memorable uh, Nürburgring GP uh, the last race here in 2013 uh, you wrote an excellent feature on it for Autosport Plus looking at uh, Roman Grosjean and his sort of a what-if moment there as he did come very close to winning that race and uh, yeah maybe quite that result is a bit off the cards but uh, something similar is exciting would be quite nice this weekend oh, i agree with that although i think mildly moist implies a sort of degree of warmth and i don't think i mean i had a headache by the time we'd even got halfway to turn one starting from the finish line uh, just, such was the biting wind that was coming our way but uh, but anyway enough about our ridiculous track one of them so i held you off to the end even though it later transpired in our debrief that you'd actually because i'd had a significant head start finished about 30 seconds faster than me but whatever i, I shall move on i shall move on 
Anyway, listen, as you may be tell, we are recording our latest Bite Size podcast once again, hands-free in the car. Um, and interestingly enough, I don't really know what happened today. I was um, I was working on a top-secret project for the Autosport 70th Bookazine project that I'm, uh, I'm I can reveal. That that's what we're doing. It'll be coming out uh, early November. So keep an eye out for that. You thought we'd forgotten to celebrate our birthday? We absolutely hadn't. It was just delayed by the uh, by the by the pandemic and all the all the all the fallout from that. Really. So, Luke, I'm going to have to. I mean, as you are F1 news reporter, I think you're the perfect person to do this. We have to. Have to lead us and explain about what happened today and um, we're going to cover uh, four topics the first of which is Haas yes a lot of attention on Haas at the moment because of the uh, ongoing uncertainty regarding its 2021 driver lineup and it's running a Ferrari Junior tomorrow in Callum Island and that's basically where your day started writing a new story about what are his chances at the team next season yeah that's correct so the, the Haas driver lineup conundrum for next year I think that's one of the big sort of final big pieces of the puzzle to fit into next year's driver market and uh, Gunstein obviously said many many times that they're not rushing into any decision said initially they've got a short list of about 10 drivers that they're looking at for next year uh, and then lots of people sort of thinking well who could that be obviously Roman Grosjean Kevin Magnussen the two incumbent drivers they are um, two of the candidates then you've got the likes of Nico Hulkenberg Sergio Perez both free agents and uh, then yeah we were sort of like expecting the Ferrari juniors Mick Schumacher Callum Eilert maybe even Robert Schwarzman as well to all be on that list uh, Callum Eilert running an FP1 tomorrow as you say that was sort of a big signal that he is in that running but then good designer said today that actually Calamila isn't on that list at all he said that he's a Ferrari driver therefore Ferrari it's up to them what they do with him and uh, indicated that Haas hasn't actually got any Ferrari juniors sort of in its considerations for next year we know that Mick Schumacher he's uh, testing for Alfa Romeo in FP1 tomorrow as well and uh, that is sort of a sign that he looks in the running certainly for that seat there but it could be that Islet instead of being lined up for a Haas seat is actually also going up against Schumacher for that Alfa Romeo seat which uh, we know that Ferrari does have a say over who gets that drive uh, that seat currently held by Antonio Giovinazzi so it's uh, it's an uh, interesting one because I think we all thought that Callum Islet would be sort of very much in the running there and that it would be his seat particularly if he's going in FP1 uh, to uh, stake a claim for but I think it maybe indicates that they're sort of looking towards more experienced heads uh, maybe the likes of Perez, Hulkenberg they're probably the two strongest names alongside the the current two drivers Gunsteiner did say that the pool of Ferrari juniors means that if they do want to go down sort of the route of getting a young driver in then an alliance with Ferrari in that regard would uh, certainly be an option but to outrightly say that Callum Eilert isn't on the list I thought was uh, yeah very interesting and uh, maybe not the news that Callum Eilert would quite have wanted to hear uh, the day before his uh, FP1 bow for the team but nevertheless it'll be really interesting to see how a, a real great British talent coming up through the ranks uh, gets on in his uh, weekend Grand Prix debut tomorrow sorry in his Grand Prix weekend debut tomorrow Absolutely. Well, if we speculate a little bit more when it comes to Ferrari juniors, there potentially might only be one seat on the table left at Alfa Romeo because our colleague Jonathan Noble, F1 editor at motorsport.com, uh, wrote the story this morning that Kimi uh, is believed to have already agreed to stay on for 2021, although it's fair to say he was remaining rather tight-lipped in his press session about, uh, about that development. It's quite hard doing the press sessions anyway with the, obviously the needed masks are very important to wear a mask but when it's a driver like Kimi Raikkonen who mumbles anyway and then he's very cold and wrapped up and then wears a mask on top of that it's actually quite hard to hear what he's saying and uh, I noticed you in the media centre you sounded a bit like Kenny from South Park at points and uh, yeah but he in the press conference he was very much like no I've not agreed anything for next year um, obviously countering John's story but it's understood that all the signs are set that Kimi Raikkonen will be remaining with the team uh, Alfa Romeo for another season in 2021 uh, extending his long F1 career it'll be 20 years since he made his debut by the time he gets to the start of the 2021 season and uh, yeah as you say that does leave only the one seat left at Alfa Romeo for next year 
it's going to be a Ferrari Junior. I think we can safely say that. Whether that's Antonio Giovinazzi continuing on for a third season or the likes of Mick Schumacher, Callum Eilert sort of staking a claim for that seat. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of eyeballs on Mick Schumacher tomorrow. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, he was one of the many drivers talking up Schumacher's chances today, uh, saying it's going to be really great to see him out uh, out on the track tomorrow for for Alfa Romeo and uh, yeah I think it's just really exciting for everyone like it's great to have the Schumacher name sort of back in uh, top line motorsport as we've had and uh, yeah the opportunity to see him out there at the Nürburgring I think um, is uh, yeah very exciting indeed. Well one of the biggest news stories to break uh, in the gap since the Russian Grand Prix was the news that Honda will be pulling out of F1 at the end of 2021. Obviously they supply two teams at the moment Red Bull and Alfa Tauri. Uh, Luke how did the drivers react today? What were Max Verstappen and Alex Albon saying about Honda's imminent well, not quite imminent, but fairly soon imminent departure from Formula One. Yeah, they were both, um, it was both rather coy answers, to be honest. Like uh, Max Verstappen, he said that he had a feeling it was coming, which I thought was quite uh, quite interesting because this is a, a news story that I think took the majority of us are surprised. I mean, we certainly weren't uh, weren't expecting it, bar the a little bit of notice that we got um, on the Friday morning when the announcement was made at the press conference. And uh, Pierre Gasly at AlphaTauri, he said that they only found out pretty much just before the announcement that Honda were going to be quitting. So I do wonder like, if the Red Bull drivers got any sort of further notice than that. But Max Verstappen, he said he had a feeling it was coming. Uh, we do know that uh, Honda did inform Red Bull in the middle of August that it was considering its F1 future, maybe pull out, and then inform them of a final decision at the end of September uh, but yeah both drivers were sort of very like that it is what it is we're going to sort of move on and carry on and we're still excited for what we can achieve in the sort of final year and a bit that they, we've got together with Honda uh, Max Verstappen he was asked about what it means for his future as well there was speculation there were clauses in Max Verstappen's Red Bull contract that were linked to Honda's involvement in F1. Uh, Red Bull have made clear that that is not the case from their side. Max Verstappen, uh, he was asked about what it means for his future. He said that it makes no sense to just think beyond uh, 2023, which is when his Red Bull contract expires. Uh, obviously, we know that Red Bull have got to find a new engine supplier before then. Uh, Max did rather uh, jokingly say that he hopes he doesn't have to Fred Flintstone his car around um, post-Honda and that Red Bull will get a, a new engine deal obviously in place, which uh, very sure they will. Uh, Rebel are very sort of seeming very relaxed about things. L- maybe limited options on the table, but uh, the team is uh, quietly confident it would seem about securing something for their future. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, yeah, I think for Max Verstappen, there were no signs of any big panic because of uh, Honda's pullout. Well, look, we've known for quite a while now that Sebastian Vettel will be leaving Ferrari, and it's, uh, it's a few weeks uh, indeed since it was confirmed that he will be transferring to Racing Point when it becomes Aston Martin at the start of 2021. But an interesting nugget came out today about his sort of his he's got quite he's got pretty close ties to the team. It's fair to say. He does, yeah. And we know that Sebastian Vettel obviously did secure that move uh, to Aston Martin, as you say, and that there were sort of talk of an ambassadorial role and maybe something like that. But now uh, Sebastian Vettel confirmed today in the press conference when asked by one of our colleagues uh, that he's in fact got shares in the Aston Martin project as well. So I think that's uh, quite interesting to see him uh, plotting sort of his his post-F1 life. And uh, he did uh, the uh, official F1 uh, Beyond the Grid podcast uh, last week and uh, talked about sort of his interests outside of F1 and that he ultimately does sort of have a a vision of his life beyond racing and beyond uh, his driving career so it's quite interesting to see him sort of like committing I guess to uh, a bit of a longer term future in the sport and uh, that uh, links up, link up that he's got with Aston Martin so uh, yeah a nice little nugget I think um, does sort of raise the question of the last time when we had a, a driver with shares in the team he was driving for and uh, yeah but I think very interesting that that sort of the level of commitment that uh, Vettel is having in that Aston Martin project. 
Okay, well, we're going to come on to one more one more team, one more topic for the end of this bite-sized podcast, and that is the uh, the ultra-successful dominant reigning champion squad, Mercedes. And it wasn't actually all good news for Mercedes today, it's fair to say, uh, with the news that one member of their team has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, they didn't seem there were, there were no panic stations, there was nothing um, nothing seemed particularly untoward in terms of when Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas uh, conducted their press sessions. But yeah, Luke, it's, uh, it's not... It's never going to be uh, the greatest build-up to a race when you have that kind of news uh, confirmed at your team. No, certainly not. And we have seen the FIA sort of testing protocols that have been in place uh, to get this season underway with the closed events. Uh, it's been very, very strict. And obviously, we have everyone get screened every five days, uh, including you and I. I think we've got our next COVID test tomorrow morning, I believe. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's very obviously, it's what everyone in the paddock has to go through. Uh, same for the teams. And it's been very successful. We've seen that, I think, out of close to 50,000 tests, there have only been uh, 27 known positive uh, cases, which is, which is pretty impressive, whichever way you cut it. Majority of those have sort of been ancillary personnel so not members of uh, teams the FIA or F1 uh, but we did have Mercedes as you say confirmed today that there is a uh, one positive COVID test within the team um, obviously the team is sort of in line with all the FIA protocols and everything like that so that member of the team will have uh, been uh, they'll be isolating they'll be doing lots of sort of tracing within the team to see who that team member was uh, in in contact with and, and all of that so uh, yeah Mercedes said they're very much on top of it and handling it both uh, Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas, they were sort of asked about it and what it means for their preparations. They both said that they're sort of hoping that the, the weekend can all go uh, smoothly as normal. Uh, but obviously they did acknowledge that it is always a concern. And Lewis Hamilton said that it's very much a reminder that uh, that, that COVID-19 is not going away. It's still very much a, an issue that the, the world is dealing with and, and very much in the midst of. And uh, that even goes for F1. And obviously we saw with Sergio Perez earlier this year, him missing two races because of uh, contracting COVID-19 for the title fighters for Lewis Hamilton for Valtteri Bottas that would be like huge for their sort of title bits like if they were to miss two races and have two non-scoring rounds I mean that would be a yeah a bit a big issue indeed so uh, they said yeah it's definitely a concern but ultimately all they can do is really sort of stay vigilant and uh, Lewis Hamilton said that the, the team are going to do their best to uh, do their missing team member proud this weekend and uh, hopefully come home with a victory to uh, to uh, give some good news I think for the team. Indeed, Luke, and obviously we wish that Mercedes uh, team member well, and fingers crossed uh, that they can recover swiftly. Uh, now, there's another interesting bit of news uh, sort of breaking in the, in the days ahead of this event, that Formula One is essentially looking at possibly racing at a new venue in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, moving on from Sao Paulo and into Lagos. But it's, co- it's causing quite a bit of controversy, because uh, there are reports that it would involve chopping down uh, lots of trees, uh, disrupting the, uh, uh, the wildlife and, and areas in the, in the Rio City that haven't previously been touched before. And that was a subject that Lewis Hamilton was asked about saying. Indeed, Hamilton has his own team in a championship uh, that's launching next year, Extreme E, that will be all about promoting uh, the, the environmental message and the dangers of the climate crisis. So, you know, it was, it was, I thought it was just really interesting that, first of all, A, he got asked about it, and B, that he really responded to it and I thought you know he, he, he put his money where his mouth is essentially he was almost like oh, I didn't really want to get asked about it but it's not a good idea you know the world has enough tracks essentially is what he was saying or, or you know Brazil's got into Lagos why is there the need to destroy something to create something new that potentially it doesn't need and I thought that was a pretty uh, a pretty uh, mature and, and, and fair response from this because easily you could have just batted it off but then you know that doesn't that sort of would sit at odds with what he's been saying recently about this message so yeah what did you make of, uh, of Lewis's response there Luke? Yeah, I agree. I think it does sort of show how strong Lewis Hamilton's moral compass is and that something like that, he was very much like, yeah, he, as you say, he could have battered it off and just been like, 
like whatever but um he said no i didn't didn't really want to get this question but i will answer it and sort of say what i think and uh yeah he said that he, he called it not smart he said that he doesn't see why that as you rightly said with all the tracks in the world like what's the point of uh, basically destroying a load of trees to uh do another one uh, and make a new one uh, said that he loves brazil he loves interlagos obviously the site of his uh, first size win in 2008 so he i think he would miss that but um we know that f1 they do have this agreement in place with uh, rio motorsports is the name of the promoter that are on the condition that they're able to build this track in the i believe it's called the, the deodoro uh, region of rio de janeiro um on a it's a disused military base but does have a, a lot of trees as you say uh the promoter said there'll be around 70,000 trees that would have to be uh replanted uprooted and replanted uh, from that area to build the circuit and uh, they've outlined sort of plans to uh replant them and uh, i think they said they want to plant something like 700,000 trees or a, a very very large amount but that doesn't get away from the sort of immediate environmental damage that it would do to the area to basically construct this new circuit so uh yeah lewis hamilton is very sort of honest about it um giving his thoughts which which is good uh because yeah i think we just need to F1, it's got these sort of goals to be uh, carbon neutral by 2030 and uh, become, a, I guess, a greener sport, which is why uh, the plans for Rio and to do that, it does seem to be very much at odds with that. So, uh, yeah, I think interesting and uh, very, very good of Hamilton to be aware of. Absolutely. Thanks very much for coming on and joining me on this podcast and indeed on this rather wet and dark drive home uh, to our accommodation, which is very comfortable, admittedly. Um, but there we go. Um, so, yes, thank you. Thank you for the podcast and thanks to everybody who listened to it. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. But if you'd like to follow Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling. In my style. As big as I want to grow. Because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's, it's a, a new, new year's, year's revolution. revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. That's shopify.com slash free 22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. 
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.